Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Fabulous weather where I lived, so a lot of outside time. Yeah. Yeah, it was pleasant. My wife went off and uh, played golf with some friends while I slaved away at the housework and various dog care you know, tasks, which included petting him and sitting in the backyard with him and tossing a tennis ball. It was sounds, rough. Sounded pretty grueling. Yeah, it was, it was rough. Uh, but it was fine. Called my mom. It was nice. Nice chat with her and my dad. It was good. It was fine. A little laid back. Judy got a call and or uh, texts from our kids. Text sounds a little in, impersonal, but... Uh, Not a phone call, just a text? Well, yeah, but partly because she was on the golf course when my son wasn't working, and uh, then he was working. Hmm. So he was working working on a Sunday like a hardworking man. Like I brought him up. 
got to work for a living boy, I would tell him. I got a name, Dad. He'd say, I know that, boy. I gave it to you. Now get to work. That was our usual conversation. (laughs) That's good. Our little one's home from college, though. We thought we had her for six whole days. Haven't seen her since Christmas. And then thunderstorms delayed her flight by 24 hours. So now we get her for five whole days. So anyway, boo-hoo, woe is me. Um, Saudi Arabian tankers were just off the coast of the UAE, close to the Strait of Hormuz. It's, uh, well, it's in waters that uh, are, are tense. They're tense waters right now, Jack. T-E-N-T-S? Or tense. T-E-N-S-E. Tense waters? What would that even mean? No, water for I, your tent? I didn't know what you meant. You drink too much water in your tent, you're going to have to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and there are bears out there. Mm. Be careful with your tent water. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, the U.S. and Iran tensions are ratcheting up. You've heard that, right? Do we know why? We don't know why, really, right? The, well, the, the administration hasn't told us why. There's some, there's some stuff going on that's uh, it's not good. Specific threats to American uh, troops and interests and allies and, and they stuff say. like that. They say, sure, yeah. Uh, and so, and just it was just a few days ago that the U.S. warned that, and I quote. Iran or its proxies could target commercial vessels in the region. Well, a couple of days later, Saudi Arabia is claiming sabotage attacks, sabotage, uh, on two of its oil tankers. Uh, Various people are saying, all right, everybody calm down. Everybody, hey, 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 because they don't want the tinderbox of the Strait of Hormuz and and Iran, the Middle East, to go up in, in more flames of war. But this one is so... Interesting. It is. I mean, it's like an Agatha Christie novel where you don't know who killed who on the train because there are so many different possibilities. It's usually the guy with the mustache. In life, as in art. Well, aren't there? Just assume that. Aren't there three obvious possibilities? Yes. Starting with Iran attacked them. Right. Iran decided. Well, but you got to dig into that. So, did they decide to do that just because they hate Saudi Arabia? Yeah, maybe. They've hated them for a long time, um, and and with the U.S. saying, "Hey, we're we're moving various uh, troops and resources there." Uh, the only reason I think they would do that is because the regime is under continual domestic pressure because the economy sucks, and they are desperate for the U.S. to do something belligerent. So Iranians all pull together and say, well, we may not like the regime, but it's better than the great Satan trying to attack us. Come on, who's with me? And everybody pulls together, and all of a sudden the regime has support again. It's like, and listen, I realize this isn't a perfect parallel, but George Bush's, George W. Bush's approval ratings were 90-plus percent after 9-11. So everybody pulled together. So Iran needs that. Or did Saudi Arabia attack their own oil tankers so they can blame Iran, which is a classic trick? Bingo. And then they, and more likely their big, strong pal, the U.S., might go ahead and and, and kick Iran's ass. Right. That's absolutely a possibility. Or, and, and I don't believe this, but as long as we're rolling out possibilities... It's possible that various hawks in the administration urged this to be done by somebody or other as a pretext for getting even tougher on Iran. I don't know. The good thing is that uh, back in the day when we were so dependent on Middle Eastern oil, this would be really a huge story. But now that we're a net exporter, 
It's not as big a story. No. No. Somebody disrupting the oil lines back, you know, if this was 1975, would have been, holy crap. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You talk about the Dow is down 200 points or whatever um, over the trade war. Well, yeah, that'd be some serious panic, but not now. Although it could turn absolutely turn into a shooting war. At the very least, if I were <clears throat> the parent, spouse, sibling of somebody in the Navy patrolling the Middle East, I would definitely be more nervous than I was last week. Because, you know, remember when Iran took our guys and gals hostage there? They'll occasionally squeeze off shots, so we'll have to follow this one. But I don't have the slightest idea who did it and why. So many possibilities. Could be the rich old lady. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Agatha Christie again. <laughs> that's Murder on the Orient Express. Completely right. different. Story. Fabulous, fabulous movie. So I was looking up at the Today Show, and they're talking about the generic drug uh, story. And 60 Minutes was talking about it last night, and the Washington Post is talking about it. Price fixing in the world's generic drugs. We now know why the prices have gone up so much. Uh, at various times, almost randomly. Well, it was it's a, it's a cartel. Okay, so we'll learn more about that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But I thought the whole point of generic drugs was to have competition and keep the price down. That's the point for us, but that's what the companies who are selling the generic drugs want to avoid. I think what we've come upon is that the generic drug industry is the largest private sector corporate cartel in history. What is the effect of that on you, me, the average consumer? It's devastating. Largest uh, price-controlling cartel in U.S. history, the generic drug group that gets together, and uh, this was on 60 Minutes last night. So these lawyers were able to subpoena phone records and that sort of stuff, so they could look at when the price jumped in some specific drug that a whole bunch of different companies were making, and the price would jump on the same day or within days of each other, and then they would see all these phone calls between these two co- these companies oh, where they oh. were on the phone with each other for like an hour and 45 minutes they on Friday. They were setting up a golf game. You're so suspicious. And then they both raised the price at the same time. It's something. Well, CBS wishes they had Christopher Rowland working for them. Christopher's the business reporter for the Washington Post and has been digging into this story himself. Um, Christopher, it's always a pleasure to talk. How are you? I'm well, thanks. It is shocking that this sort of thing could go on for as long as it had. Uh, what's the basic outlines for folks who are not following this story? So uh, what are the, the Connecticut, uh, so Connecticut Attorney General's Office is leading this multi-state uh, civil lawsuit. Now almost virtually every single state in the country now has joined it, uh, Attorney Generals across the country. Uh, it basically is a, a generic price-fixing cartel of sweeping proportions that's being alleged uh, where um, generic manufacturers were colluding with each other uh, to uh, fix on uh, fixed prices and uh, jack up prices uh, dramatically by hundreds or thousands of percent uh, on, you know, common everyday generic drugs for like blood pressure, heart pills, uh, antidepressants, all kinds of stuff, um, you know, skin medication, antibiotics, uh, things that people use every day. Uh, and they... Um, 
allegedly colluded, and uh, they had a whole system. They even had their own terminology, playing nice in the sandbox, uh, they, you know, fair share for market, um, uh, you know, people who, who violated the rules. You know, if somebody lowered the price, they were frowned upon and spoken to by the others in the, in the alleged cartel. Wow, that's just a classic cartel. Well, yeah, yeah, it absolutely. Yeah. So, and and obviously, in theory, when the whole generic drug thing happened, it would be each company would be competing to, you know, lower the price and get all the right. business, yeah. and it would well, drive it the prices the down. Purpose. Yeah, it completely defeats the purpose of the ni- mid nineteen eighties law that set up the sort of the U.S. generic drug industry in the first place. You know, that when you have multiple generic players, the price comes down dramatically. You know, the brand name people are out of the picture now. They're not going to be making their, you know, huge profits anymore. It's uh, for the common good. The whole intent of this, these patent rules was to, you know, make drugs a commodity and make them really cheap so that people could all benefit and, a much, and it wouldn't cost society a huge amount of money. The, the allegation is the generic industry figured out how to get around that by cheating. Well, I learned from your piece in the Washington Post that generic drugs make up about 90% of all prescriptions. It's only 20, 25% of the, the revenue. But 90% right. of all prescriptions are being manipulated by a cartel? I mean, this is enormous. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, yeah, there are thousands and thousands of generic drugs. Uh, so far, there's about there's hundreds uh, of drugs that have been identified as subject to the uh, alleged price fixing. So it's not all 90%, but it's definitely a huge portion of it, and it's breathtaking in scope, amounting to billions and billions of dollars of excess costs on American consumers. Well, and I know lots of people who have talked to me about how their blank medicine for whatever they have, blood pressure medicine, or I got a, a buddy, his daughter has Crohn's, or whatever your medicine is, uh, you know, was X amount a couple of years ago, then all of a sudden it was this much, and you just thought, well, that's just the way it works. Well, it's not just the way it works. The companies got together and said, hey, we're going to double the price this Friday, and yeah, I'm in, and then they would double the price. Yeah, and so the complaints, you know, so the complaints would trickle their way up to Congress, and members of Congress started asking questions, and the generic drug companies would say, oh, well, we had, there was a market shortage of a particular chemical, or the FDA closed down a certain plant, and that caused a price spike, and uh, but now the Connecticut Attorney General says the, those excuses were complete hogwash, and it was just um, collusion. They have text messages that show it's not just you know the phone records that show so and so talk to so and so. They actually have text messages and emails that show um, you know the actual language of the collusion. Uh, and w- what's more is they also um, uh, they have a lot of uh, information about. Uh, you know, the coordination and the price increases happening at the same time. Very strong circumstantial evidence. Christopher Rowland, business reporter for The Washington Post, is on the line. Christopher, I find myself wondering where the major failing was. I mean, clearly, uh, I would think a, a regulator could recognize that something funny was going on long before the, you know, the Connecticut's attorney general, for goodness sakes, decided to dig into this. This looks like a terrible failing of some sort of regulatory agency. Well, there's not really. uh, So, I mean, I guess you would have to say if you were going to figure out what agency, federal agency would be responsible for this, you know, the the people who pay the bills are Medicaid and Medicare. um, And so they would be the ones who would be keeping best track and noticing these price spikes thing about Medicaid is it's diffused, it's administered by every state across the country. So, you know, it's hard for them to understand what's happening in every single state. And Medicare, 
you know, they're overwhelmed. They have a huge, uh, you know, it's hard for them to understand. But, yeah, they probably did. You could probably uh, make a case that they should have, you know, hit the switch. Um, but you could, uh, you know, this thing happened from around 2012 through 2015 was okay. the most egregious period in the three-year period. And Connecticut started investigating in 2014, and they, uh, you know, filed their case by late 2015. So, you know, there was pretty, uh, you know, pretty quick action at the state level, and all the states piled in really fast, so they understood the implications and they got the got the joke. So the, the these the drug companies are clearly screwing us all, and this is going to go the the right way in the end. So are we going to see prices just <laughs> drop like crazy? Because there's there's got to be drugs out there that people are paying thousands of dollars for that might end up being forty bucks all of a sudden. Yeah, so so far the you know the um a lot of the prices have not dropped. They're still at the same level that they were under the alleged collusive activity. Um and that's one you're putting your finger on one of the really rich ironies here is that you know you know we know as Americans that we are experiencing huge price spikes on brand name drugs. Um but these are the generics and these are supposed to be saving the day and preventing these us from getting soaked by uh on drug costs and you know the the sad irony is that was not the case. Well, I think if one of the companies were to suddenly drop the prices, it would be akin to a guilty plea at this point. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, uh, yeah, but they would also be giving up money. So, you know, until it's what's I think the end end result here is not going to be necessarily lower costs. What it's going to be is um, settlements, big settlements. And what the thing to watch will be are these settlements a lot a kind of akin to a slap on the wrist which is a lot a lot of times yes um companies pay a, a couple of hundred million dollars when they were making billions and so or is it going to be something more meaningful it seems like these connecticut attorney generals are quite serious about making some some people really pay a price um and interestingly they've also um charge a lot of individual executives of these companies uh and these again these are civil cases so they're uh they they named as defendants in these civil cases um a lot of executives individually really putting pressure on people um uh so it'll be interesting to see you know whether they're willing to accept a a low settlement or or they're going to insist on something much more painful christopher roland business reporter the washington post will have links so you can find his uh, excellent piece christopher thanks so much for the time well done Okay, thank you very much. Thanks. Well, that's interesting. So he thinks it'll all come to an end and the prices will stay up? That, that, hmm, we'll have to see. That doesn't make a lot of sense to it me. It seems but. like they had a drop through the floor based on uh, looking at the graphs of how they raised them just just because they, they wanted to. I mean, there was no reason for it. Right. I'd like to see more, you know, more examples of various drugs because if you're talking about, you know, common blood pressure medications, if you could just jack up the price 10%, by the millions and millions and millions of prescriptions, that's enough. I sure. mean, that that's but, worth doing. You wouldn't it wouldn't need to be truly horrendous gouging. But it was more like going from forty bucks to four hundred bucks, mm. and they would all do it at the same time. And yeah. that was just pure profit, right? Just pure profit taking right. from people who had to have the medicine. Boy, if people don't go to jail over this, or brought to their knees, and they probably won't. Few to no just... one will go to jail. There'll be fines that incidental that will be you know a small percentage of what they make a, a month in profit right, right. and the and the, the prices will stay up and the lawyers who are brought these cases will become gazillionaires and have boats i That's guess how although, it will all turn out it's not a class action suit though it's a government action it's the attorney general so i have hope that it'll be more significant i that. hope so yeah i hope so
That'd be a real crime if the price, because when I was watching this last night, I thought, wow, all kinds of drugs that we use are just going to, the price is going to fall through the seat, the floor. I, I, they've got to come down. I just, I wish we had more time with Christopher because I didn't get that. If you've got a cartel artificially inflating prices and bust them, prices come down. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Supreme Court ruling against Apple in a big antitrust case as more calls for the breakup of Facebook continue. And we have warnings about one of the trendy new toothpastes that, a toothpaste rather, that's so hot. Yeah. Wow. I like to use a trendy toothpaste. What could that be? Danger possibly? in a tube. Stay tuned. <laughs> I like that. Armstrong and the Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. I don't know. That would be a big one. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, a trade war with China continues. President Trump calling a tariffs on $200 billion worth of Chinese imports a moneymaker. Now, on Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace, the host took on Larry Kudlow, the President Trump's yeah, director. L- l- listen to this conversation. This is, this is quite the convo. Well, President uh, Trump's uh, director at the National Economic Council... Uh, you've got uh, Wallace saying the money actually comes from American businesses who then pass it on to U.S. consumers, not China, and it will ultimately hurt the U.S. agricultural industry. Now, Kudlow's response... In my judgment, the economic consequences are so small, but the possible improvement in trade and exports and open markets for the United States, this is worthwhile doing. There you go. Worthwhile doing. Well, okay. he's right, Marshall. Why are you using your ominous voice? This is the liberal media. Look upon your fake news. And now, Armstrong and Getty attack their beloved newsman. Here, here's the deal. Your Chinese exporters, they're absorbing mm-hmm. some of the costs, depend on the product, because they don't want to lose the business. So, yeah, it's cutting into their profits. It might raise some prices a little bit here in the U.S. in terms of consumer goods. I don't think it's going to be big enough for anybody to give much of a damn. Honestly, not for a long time. But the administration set themselves up for this by by Trump saying China is going to pay the cost of this. You're right. It's it's the it's the lying um, uh, weight loss people who say you can lose weight and eat whatever you want. That's what Trump's saying about this tariff war. I think they'd be better off if they didn't right. say this is going to be right. painful for a little while, but it's going to be worth it in the long run. It's going to be worth it. Here's how. And the American exporters who are really taking it in the shorts, like farmers, we've set up this program and this program, so they're not going to go out of business. Not going to mean financial disaster. While we as a country. Are, are conducting this wrestling match with China. Yeah, the messaging from the White House, I think, has been terrible on this. Just not the least bit helpful. Uh, on the other hand, you know, the, the, the constant harping of the media as if this is, you know, some drunken maniac just groping women and taking swings at innocent people, uh, men. You know, it's just, that's not it at all. It's, it's an important, historic, and necessary thing to do. And, you know, I think the messaging's been poor. But won't I have to stop eating desserts? Yes, you'll have to stop eating desserts so you can lose weight and you'll feel better. 
Yeah, and you can and eat limited amounts of what we you want to eat. And we can't have a grown-up conversation on either side about this? Yeah, I know. It's just d- disappointing. It's, it's incredibly discouraging. This just coming in, the Supreme Court on Monday, today, ruled 5-4 to four against Apple in a case involving its signature electronic marketplace, the App Store, allowing iPhone users to move forward with an antitrust suit against the company. Now, the iPhone users are arguing that Apple's 30% commission on sales through the App Store have been passed along to consumers. They are saying that's an unfair use of monopoly power. Apple argued that only app developers and not users should be able to make such a, uh, bring such a lawsuit. The Supreme Court did not agree. This is... Uh, so it's going forward, huh? Yes, it is well, going this forward. this is attorneys looking for a big, giant paycheck. The, uh, passing along the price to us in terms of the cost of the apps? Yeah. Apps are still amazingly cheap. I, I know. It's really... Every I time mean, I get an app, I'm amazed. At how I can get this for four bucks. In the entire history... Four bucks is a mint in oh, the yeah, app. Yeah. And that's yeah. an incredibly yeah. expensive app. Yeah. yeah. It's right. It's a Mercedes 5 Series <laughs> app. Yeah. If my apps are 30% more expensive, the entire history of me getting apps on my iPhone, right. somebody probably owes me 25 bucks. But the lawyers are get paid. Presidential candidate Senator Kamala Harris says it is indeed now time to break up Facebook. Facebook has experienced massive growth and has prioritized its growth over the best interest of its consumers, especially on the issue of privacy. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. There's there's a big editorial in Wired, wired Wired.com. Chris Hughes is right. We should dismantle Facebook. I haven't read it yet, but uh, I'm not hearing a lot of people leap to their defense. Swedish authorities are reopening that rape investigation into WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. The uh, allegations... And and my question is, did he want that to happen so he doesn't get extradited to the United States? Hey, that rape thing, you know, you really ought to look into that. Why don't we go over that another time or two? You gotta keep me in Sweden (laughs) and look into that. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to come to the United States. I'll catch the next flight. The allegations made by two women in 2010, but the matter dropped in 2017 because Assange had spent years holed up inside the Ecuadorian embassy in London until he was forcibly removed last month. The Swedes now want Assange extradited to their country while they look into these charges once again. For what it's worth, though, I'm reminded that Sweden has or had bizarre rape laws where it was like a social justice warrior college campus uh, accused has no right situation where if you know three days later a woman thinks I wish I hadn't done that um, she can accuse the guy of rape I mean right. they're like super wishy washy yeah um, yeah so there, there's that but um, I think Assange's a bad guy I'm y- not a fan but. you want to get into some sort of uh, uh, spy novel stuff on this I mean real conspiracy stuff who knows what powers don't want the Julian Assange story told. It could be Obama people, Clinton people, Trump people, Bush people. I don't know that that Russia people, obviously, uh, that don't want the details of how that whole thing came together out in the light of day and in a courtroom setting. Right. Who knows what's going on there? There's a hell of a lot more than a guy who's being accused of a questionable rape charge and or computer hacking. Oh, no doubt. It's it's massive geopolitics. Charcoal and based- he knows it, too. I'll bet he's wet in his pants. Every time he takes a drink of water, he re-wets his pants because he understands that the nastiest people yeah. on Earth, barring a couple of those like Boko Haram in Africa, the nastiest people on Earth are not happy about him still sucking air. 
And he could have avoided all this if he'd have cleaned up after his cat. Yes. Zach, but let him stay in the embassy. <laughs> Still be chilling out in the right. uh, the Peru annex there. Maybe not skateboard through the halls as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Charcoal-based toothpaste is pretty trendy these days with a lot of people cleaning. I use a briquette. Charcoal briquette. Kingsford, just it's, rub it on. Uh, <laughs> scrape the mung right off your teeth. Yeah. A lot of people claim it whitens their teeth, but experts with the King's College in London say it's all a sham. They say that charcoal might actually absorb the fluoride needed to prevent tooth decay. And doesn't actually make your teeth any whiter. Well, your teeth are either whiter or they're not. They say that charcoal just (laughs) kind of removes stains, much like you can do with regular brushing. So if you've been into the charcoal based toothpaste, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep rubbing charcoal (laughs) on my teeth. Here's one for you chew it like gum. I'll be very vague about this because very, very nice people involved, but just interesting the other day. uh, hmm. How do I tell this story and be vague enough? So, um, uh, ran into a family. Might have been a family of dogs. Children, we don't know. children same age as the children in my family. Okay. But their kids clearly had their teeth whitened. Oh, my gosh. What age is that, uh, is that getting into? Is that oh. perfectly normal? Or Because I don't know. I haven't been around high school kids. Are high school kids all getting their teeth whitened now? Are they? Uh, a lot of them are, I think. Well, you can uh, even just buy, like, the home... Little whitening it strip could be, as well. it, it had the look of the professional. Of the professional. Yeah. Are yeah. they a show business family like the no, Osmonds? Definitely not. Models. It, it had that. Um, you get it professionally done look. You know, like anybody. Well, you know, people who have had it. Right. And and their teeth are just blindingly white. As white as chiclets. Well, the, don't well, never ever trust whiting. It's whiter, a different topic. Whiter than their teeth were when they were born. Right. I mean, you were right. born with teeth. <laughs> Well, they're in your gums, Jack, technically speaking. Just waiting to descend. Waiting for the right moment. I remember when Sam was born, I think our doctor said, yeah, I delivered a baby one time, had a full set of teeth. What? Freaked me out. Gave me nightmares for weeks. That would freak you out. And he rolled over and said, hello. (laughs) Gave me a big toothy grin. What what age do you think you should professionally... My kids aren't ever going to do it until they're old enough to pay for it themselves. Um, But what what age should kids professionally be getting their teeth white? What? Not at all. That's 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 that. Well, I, uh, listen. I don't know if it's. I don't because there are real people involved, and yeah. you know them, and also I don't uh, want to go too crazy, but that is sending a really interesting message. I would just say that to your kids. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here, Armstrong and Getty show the conscience of the nation. I still watch the news every day, and I marvel at how white these people's teeth are. Yeah. Because no human being, not for a single moment on earth, not the moment their grown-up tooth descended from their gum, ever had teeth that shade. So, I mean, it's like... But it's being established as the color you aspire to. The norm. The norm. Yeah, if you will. Or at least the the norm among those we aspire to be like. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, if somebody has magenta hair, everybody gets that. Okay, they're making a a statement, getting a little wild, whatever. And usually, because this goes with the lifestyle, it's usually people that are especially tan. So you take especially tan with that color of teeth, and it's just, gah! Right. (laughs) I can't even hardly look your direction. Right, it's like Rudolph's nose on a cherished holiday classic. I just wondered. I just wondered, I don't want to be behind the times or ahead of the times, and when my kids should start getting their professional teeth whitening done. Right with the times. (laughs) I want to be exactly with the times. Get them their smartphone and their teeth whitening at the same time. OAC thinks it ought to be offered for free in schools. Free tooth whitening at free schools. 
Otherwise, the, the, the white toothed have an advantage in life. Boy, she said some stupid stuff over the weekend. We can talk about but, that. Yeah, I don't know. We can yeah. talk about why uh, the royal baby's named Archie. We can talk about Southwest Airlines boost, booting a guy off the flight for making a vodka joke. Huh? Thought don't, this was America. Don't ever joke about vodka. This is the Armstrong and Getty <laughs> Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Just got a text from a friend of mine who said, Good Lord, lady on the train is wishing everyone a Merry Christmas. She's drunk and wanting to buy people drinks. It's 940 in the morning. (laughs) This is in Salt Lake City. Wow! That's not the sort of thing you expect in Salt Lake City. And if you think it's Christmas and you're trying to buy people drinks on... Public transportation that doesn't have a bar to serve drinks. Uh, you got a long day ahead of you. Oh, there's that. <laughs> yes, I will take. I would take a Crown and Coke. <laughs> uh, now what? What happens now? Now what are you going to do, saucy McDrunk pants? Um, <laughs> the royal baby is named Archie. Some people wondered why. And it is because that was his commander's name when he was in Afghanistan. Who, uh, <sighs> turns out is one of the major influences on his life. Prince Harry. For Prince Harry. Yeah. Which is a pretty good story. And this guy's won all kinds of awards and is a revered figure in the military. So that's pretty cool. Wow. So it wasn't some sort of jivey royals he's inbred so, thing. He so a, clearly is not into the royal thing. Right. He didn't pick some name from five generations back. The Duke Chester of Canterbury. <laughs> I'm making things right, up on purpose. Exactly. <laughs> what's the difference? Exactly. You might as difference? well make up the words. Yeah. What could be stupider than hereditary rule? No, a regular guy served within the military. Who he admired. Good for you, Harry. Yeah, I married a divorced American woman. What are you going to do about it? That's right. You're going <laughs> to fire me for being a prince? Fine, I'll get a job. What? What? <laughs> yeah, he's he's a man. M-A-N. I well, like he Harry. He also has the cynicism of a guy who's... Prince Charles probably isn't his dad, so that'd make you a little cynical. I'm not a royal, by the way. So, um, we have controversy in the he's world He's a of- bastard. Wow. I watch a lot of Game of Thrones. They're big on calling people bastards. I like how they do the naming thing for the bastards, where it's always based on like the weather of your region, right? So if you're a bastard from the north, your last name's Snow. Exactly. If you're from the south, your last name's Sand. Right. Yeah. Right. It's very handy. Uh, we have controversy in the world of Justin Bieber. <laughs> yes, we do, Jack. Um, so their new song, uh, I Don't Care, that he released with uh, Ed Sheeran on Friday. Two I'm, superstars teaming up. I mentioned this because I thought it was interesting that it's about his anxiety problems. Justin Bieber suffers from anxiety, and Ed Sheeran's wife does. Mm. And that's how we got on that conversation of why does every young person have anxiety problems now? Right. But uh, And it's being seen as some sort of landmark, normalizing, just you know, making it comfortable to talk about sort of... Uh-huh. Thing about anxiety. Okay. But anyway, back to Justin Bieber. And so there seems to be some that believe this is a uh, a ripoff or too close to a 2014 song of the same name, also called I Don't Care, by someone by the name of Cheryl, who I am not familiar with. Here is a, uh, a, a mashup of the two songs, starting with the Cheryl 2014 version.
Rivers song in an effort by attorneys to make money over Bless. And and even if it were similar, it's freaking pop music. I was expecting, it's a scam. I was expecting it to sound the same and say, I, who cares? Right. But they sounded different. And I, you know, it, the first song sounds like, I don't know, 90% of pop songs from the last 25 years. And I the second know. one sounded like 90% of the pop sh- songs written by Ed Sheeran. And boy, if there are two people on earth that don't need to steal other people's songs to make a couple of dollars, yeah. it's Justin Bieber and Ed Sheeran. Well, as you reported, Jack, in your brave expose, this has become a scam. Because there are a limited number of possibilities in diatonic music, particularly when you're talking about pop music. So, yeah, everything's going to sound similar to something. I don't know. Just silly. Yeah, it is. Um, if you're if you're not a musician of any level, you might not know it, but there are like three to four chords that are used in 90% of songs. Yeah. With roughly the same order involved. And there have been some hilarious uh, YouTube and, and other uh, exposés, if you want to call it that, of that. You got bands that will play one hit song after another, the same chords over and in the same order, the same length, over and over again. Like the, the five of the biggest hits of the last, you know, six months are the same song. So, but it's a way for lawyers to make money. Hmm. They get I don't, tired I'm, of chasing the ambulance. Maybe they uh, blew out an ankle or something like that. And <laughs> I'm getting too old to chase ambulances. Right, exactly. And I got to chase pop stars. Yep. And I suppose if you get Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber, who have more money than Gad, to uh, cough up uh, you know, $50,000 just to make it go away, you'd be pretty happy. Sure. Make your house payment for a few months and move on to victimizing, I don't know, Selena Gomez or somebody. Los Angeles, California. Have you heard of it? Tinseltown. Big city. Spent $619 million on homelessness last year. Uh, that's actually kind of interesting, given the fact that that documentary talks about Seattle spending a billion. So Seattle, which is much smaller than Los Angeles, spent mm-hmm. a billion dollars, but 600-some million there in L.A.? Yeah. Well, L.A.'s a bit more gritty than Seattle in a lot of ways. I mean, Seattle is full-on pierced nose, dyed hair, hipster social justice warrior in a way that huge swaths of L.A. will never be. Um, Los Angeles officials are bracing for the release of a report that's likely to show little or no progress in reigning in homelessness despite the $619 million they spent last year to grapple with the the crisis. First homeless person I ever saw in my life was uh, in Los Angeles when I was 18 years old and I just looked at that person. I just thought, "Wow, I can't even imagine how do you how do you end up living like that?" I was an adult before I saw a homeless person, having lived in the Midwest my whole life mm. in smaller towns. Now, the executive director of the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority, who I would point out to you, has every interest in making it sound as if they're fighting the good fight and not squandering the money told the L.A. County Board of Soups that the region is unlikely to make significant headway until the inflow of people being pushed out by rising rents That's is it. stanched. That's and it. And more affordable apartments are created. Because when your rent gets too high, you just become homeless. You move to the, the street. The rent gets too damn high. You don't move to a different city or state, which is what I've done a couple right. of times. Now you just become homeless. Right. Stay in the same place. 
The city has Proposition Triple H, named after the great pro wrestler, a $1.2 billion voter-approved bond to build homeless housing. Uh, They don't really mention the incredible inflow of people who flock to cities that offer more generous benefits. We'll have more on this report to come as the West Coast bomb explosion continues to be story number one for a lot of people in the western U.S. No, no doubt. If you ain't been to the West lately... You just can't believe what the cities look like. It looks like Beirut, 1984. Armstrong and Getty Show. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.